You are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 58 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to share their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest for episode 58 is an absolute in the trenches, doing the work, knows what he's talking about type of guest, which are always my absolute favorite. A longtime friend of mine, Ollie Whitfield, joins the Lunch Break Podcast. And folks, this is a long overdue interview. Ollie and I have known each other for several years. Ollie is somebody who I identified very early on as having a pulse on the right way to do content, social selling. And the reason that I got that feeling is because he actually does know his stuff when it comes to social selling, content creation, how to build a personal brand. Because not only has he helped folks that we all know and love distribute content, create content, but he's done it for himself throughout his career. And we talk about Ali's journey through his marketing career, how he got started, how he found that first gig. And then he ha- he's had some interesting experiences around doing social selling, outreach via LinkedIn. He spent some time essentially operating as an SDR within the world of social. And so Ali is somebody who has done the work, is currently doing the work, and I'm just very excited about all of the insight that he shares in this episode. So it's a fantastic listen. When you have the time, take it all in. But if you don't, because you've got things going on, you've got to get back to what you're doing, I'm going to serve up Ali Whitfield's Snack Break Sales Tip. Take a listen. Okay. Uh, so if you're going to do that kind of thing with the whole getting out there, you could in a way call that personal branding, which is yep, sort of its own thing in a way. Two ways that are relatively easy to do that will make sure that you stick with it and also that makes it a little more useful than just personal branding because that's good it's great but it doesn't always help you pass that yeah one is accountability uh i'm not even brave enough to do it myself so call bs on me if you want put make it public so so put it out there as this is day one of my series or this is the weekly thing that i am doing tell people uh, and they will know if you didn't do it your internal team will know external people you know that follow you and that are your uh, are your buddies they will see it and they will think james missed that weekly podcast where is it mm-hmm. what's he doing as, as he dropped the ball that will help you a lot it, if anything it's not that you will get caught out it's just the fear of oh damn i can't miss mm-hmm. i cannot miss this one mm-hmm. that will help you immensely even just to get started as a over the top way of doing it that's one second thing is and this is where you maybe need to ask somebody it's not always the easiest thing to do but try and make these these webinars or these blogs that you do these interviews make them uh, the phrase two birds with one stone so yeah any piece of content is cool it can be useful to people can help somebody out then how do you use it so cool you can have a blog jamesborden.com how i set up my podcast great i'll read that you might get a couple hundred views that's great then what so 
the, the piece of this, which is 2.0, think about how do I then use that? Do I send that in an email cadence? Do I send that to a few prospects that I know that have asked me that question? All right, there you have it. A fantastic snack break sales tip from Ali Whitfield. And if you got to go, you got to go right? Things to be done. But when you have time, come back, listen to Ollie Whitfield, drop some knowledge on episode 58 of the Lunch Break Podcast. All right, guys. So here we are, episode 57 of the Lunch Break Podcast. And I am super excited about my guest today. He's somebody that, uh, and, and these are always my favorite guests, folks that live a little bit outside of the world of sales, but, but are closely related to it. Um, my guest today is a social media expert, a, a, a content creator. He's got his finger on the pulse of what works with social selling. Ollie Whitfield's here, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us, Ollie. Really appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. I'm, I'm real pleased to be here. This is um, probably a long overdue. We've been talking about it for a while, but I'm, re- I'm real pleased to be here. It's, it's so good to see you doing your thing and how many episodes you've got out. It's a real credit to you and just pleased I could start uh, spreading the word a little more. Hey, you know, you're absolutely right. This is well long overdue. And, and I have to be honest, Ali's been patient with me as I've set this on the calendar a few different times and had to move it. So we're finally here. Finally got you on the podcast. Let's start this thing off the same way that I start all of these shows off just by asking Ali, how did you get started in your career? This for me was a, a really strange journey um it's uh, i'm pretty sure a lot of people unless you um you get into one of those schools of thoughts where i want to be an engineer or one of those types of things where there's a very obvious path it's you go to college and you get a certain qualification and you get that certain job and you go on that path mine was uh i sat in school and i was getting to that age where you need to decide because uh, there was a new law passed in England just at that time, which is very unlucky for me. You had to be remaining in school or some kind of education that was, you know, government uh, government ran until the age of eighteen or the year that you turned eighteen. So I'm seventeen in a little bit, thinking no idea what I want to do, and uh, I got to choose pretty quick because I'm coming up to the end of my schooling, and I don't really want to sit around in school for another year just for the sake of doing something because I've, I've done all the subjects that I wanted to do. So I'm a massive sports fan and I thought, well, I could do that. But, you know, let, let's be real. If, if you, James, when you were growing up, if you were going to be an athlete, you'd probably already be an athlete by that point. If, <laughs> you're late to the party if you're 18 and you think you're going to become a pro or something. So gave up on that despite how much it crushed me. And um, mm. at that point, I was sat in a lesson. Um, there was a course called Media Studies and it's about uh, how, how you spot the narratives in a movie or that kind of thing and the techniques going on there. It was kind of cool, but everyone knew it was the place you go to watch the movie. So there's mm. a movie on at the front of the classroom and I'm like, this is such a boring movie. I'm not into this. So I'm on my little laptop that the school gave you and uh, an email pinged up from the careers department. And part of me, you, you picture the careers department saying, you should go to university or college and that's kind of their de facto answer to everything, which it was in a way, but they had an apprenticeship uh, email come out at that particular moment. So I clicked it and looked at it. And for my town, which is a very small town, it's got like a hundred thousand people. The main industry is retail. Really. There's not a lot of career unless you go to London, which is about an hour away. 
as a 17 year old there's no way i'm doing that so but i wasn't expecting a lot when i clicked it there's a small agency in that town and they had a social media apprenticeship going and to be honest with you i didn't know what that meant <laughs> i clicked it and i thought you know i know what social media is i'm <laughs> yeah. young and i could probably do it a little bit so clicked it and applied for it, it as my first job interview i got it but mm. it was uh <laughs> i remember the first day was quite funny the ceo said so what do you know about content i'm like the fuck do you mean content what is that? <laughs> so we sat down and talked talk about it for a little bit and you know they, they grounded me very well very quickly the, the first thing i had to do was go make the coffees which um <laughs> what do you know about content rest. of coffee <laughs> yeah well i know it's you know part milk and part coffee bean <laughs> yeah. and water but <laughs> yeah yeah you know, that's how it started it was just such a weird process of uh <laughs> the morning of my uh, job interview i failed my driving test as well so i'm thinking this is a big day if i do good on this driving test i'll set set the precedent and maybe i'll blast this interview but no bombed the driving test and i thought this is gonna be a shit day but it turned out all right (laughs) oh man yeah you know i think this and, and this has come up before this idea you know that when you're 17 you need because it's like that in the states right i mean when I was going through high school, you know, they wanted you to pick a track, like a career track when you were like 14 or 15, you know, like choose what you want to study for the next four years and then, uh, you know, commit to that. And I, and, and I think for a lot of people, like you said, that don't want to be a doctor or want to be a lawyer or have some sort, they're not academics, right? They're just, you know, they're not falling in that, I know what I need to do and I'm going to do it category. Uh, and then you turn around and tell that large group of kids, hey, figure it out and commit to it and start taking courses that are going to kind of put you down this one path. I think that's kind of an insane way of doing things because to your point, when you're 17, you want to be. An, an athlete or I wanted to be a rapper, right? I mean, I legitimately was like, yep, that's what I'm going to do. That'll be my career. I'll get a record deal, you know, by the time I'm like 22 and uh, this thing will be fine, you know? And, and you can still do it, dude. You got the setup for that. You got the mic. Yeah. Well, the podcast no excuses in this day and age. Is there yeah. Hustles? Well, the podcast is my probably homage and tribute to that time of of, yeah. of my life you know um so i'm yeah we, we we find a way back to the things that that we've always loved but uh you know i think your experience of kind of having to get real and say all right well you know probably not going to be getting some sort of lucrative contract deal coming down the pipe anytime soon so let me kind of start looking around at 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 what's you know, around me and available to me. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the common theme with salespeople is uh, obviously I just kind of fell into it. I just kind of saw this thing on the internet and showed up and they took me in. Uh, Sounds kind of very similar to you, just kind of stumbling into something, lightly knowing about it and maybe thinking like social media, I get that. I could probably figure this out. Um, And you just kind of jumped into it. What made you stick with it? Right? Because a lot of folks will go through that process and try a few different things out. And if you listen to folks like Gary V, you know, he's 
taste lots of things when you're young and try lots of different things out. What about social media content creation, you know, what attracted you and what, what has kept you in this game? Um, because you're at a much different place now, right? I mean, uh, years later. Yeah, I think uh, I hear this quite a lot when, especially salespeople say that I just fell into it or I didn't know I wanted to be a salesperson. That, that's quite rare, I, I think, to actually hear that. Yeah. Mine was the same and the the pull or the, the attraction, whatever it is, was it wasn't necessarily I want to be able to run Facebook pages or, or whatever that <laughs> yeah. niche thing is or niche thing. It was more like I quite like to, think stuff up and uh, have a lot of ideas that kind of stuff and see them come to life and work out how to do that so it could well have been any range of industries it was just the one that i fell into by that kind of chance but it had that connect to it which is kind of where i would think a lot of salespeople have a bit of entrepreneurial uh, side to them which is where apart from being a ceo the, the sales rep is about as close as you can get to that it's yeah. kind of the same connect yeah. I mean, when I when I really got into it, there was a, I think the grounding that I had, it, it was kind of like the SDR role of the marketing team. I, I kind of yeah. had. Yeah. It's the difficult, the grinding, that kind of stuff. If I didn't really have that period where you know it was eat shit and get used to proper work, you're a seventeen year old boy. Uh, if I didn't have that quite as as long as I had it, uh, that was kind of the carrot dangling in front of me to say if you want to do the cool thinking clever stuff you sort of you haven't even earned your right to get past what you're doing now yet so without saying you know the boss didn't say do all the dirty shit for us and then eventually you will become someone who could do something cool it, it was in my mind i knew yeah this this does suck a bit but if i tried to go somewhere else even if i wanted to what what am i going to get i'm i'm not doing anything that warrants it mm. so i have to just you know push through it keep doing it and that time and earn that right and then eventually you do move up and, and you move on to new stuff and that's when you get the the real experience of how to do the the cool stuff which you know for a salesperson is doing the maybe you're sitting on the AE's cause if you want to be that AE, or it's you know you start to ask the manager how do they coach the the team it was that kind of thing i've always wanted to have a team and do the strategy stuff so if I started to listen to how the people doing that did it, I can gradually, once I've earned that right to get one step below them, do that. Yeah, no, and I, I, I love that take because, you know, that self-awareness is important to realize because I think a lot of people listening to this are probably in similar situations where they're in a role, it's a grind, it's kind of the shit work, they're not they're not over the moon about it. They don't get up and, Oh man, I can't wait to do a bunch of cold calls or write a bunch of, you know, boring ass copy or, you know, whatever that, that kind of grit and grind looks like. But to recognize six months into a role like that or a year into a role like that, that leaving really doesn't do anything but kind of put you back six months and back at the entry level and back at kind of having to climb up that ladder again, as opposed to kind of realizing, Hey, if I can do this work and prove myself in the role that I'm in now and find a way to be passionate about it 
right? Because to your point, it's like, well, I didn't really love the work, right? It's not that you love making Facebook pages and setting up landing pages. It's not that any of us love, uh, you know, client calls that go dark or, you know, all of the things, all of the different variables. But what we have been able to kind of attach to is, you know, that feeling that you mentioned of, hey, I created something, I had an idea, it came to fruition, and now I see it, right? That's what you can attach passion to, not necessarily the job. I think um, David Meltzer is a guy that I've heard say a lot, you know, don't follow your passion, but find your passion, right? Like find it inside of what, what life is having you do at the moment because, you know, the narrative for... I think a lot of us, you know, I, a lot of people our age um, have kind of idealistic views of the way something, the, the way our life is going to go. I know I did, right? Like I'll, I'll become a rapper and I'll, you know, do all these things and, and, and you kind of get brought down to earth and, and people struggle with that. And, and to be able to say, okay, well, I'm not, quote unquote, following my dream anymore or following my passion, but how can I find passion within what life's handed me? I think it's just such a great nugget, right? Because it allows you to get through some of that grind work, some of that shitty stuff you, everybody's got to do because you can kind of attach it to this carrot or this future state, this future role, this future existence, but realizing the only way to get there is to do the job that you're assigned to do right now, right? I mean, um, so often we hear about folks that are kind of like one foot in one role and trying to put another foot in that next role. And it's kind of a precarious position to put yourself in, you know? Oh, I want to get promoted. I want to do this next thing, but I'm not really doing a good job at what you guys are asking me to do right now. So I love that, you know, that mentality that you had. Um, so obviously, you were able to find that passion. You were able to kind of connect to what you did enjoy about the work. Um, talk to us about your evolution, man. I mean, because you were, you were, uh, uh, you know, kind of a social media manager, community manager. And now, you know, you're, you're at a point where you're doing, I mean, you're absolutely in that strategy and create, uh, creating mode. Um, what was that journey like and, and, and what are you doing now? A little bit backwards, to be honest. Uh, it, it's not like a, a steady graph in, in any way, <laughs> which is probably a good like thing most people. It. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange how it goes like that. You you imagine it being a logical correlation, but it just never is. Uh, so I can remember one day. Uh, it's it's really bizarre how I remember literally the tweet that I saw um, and the article in question. It was uh, about eighteen months, maybe two years into this first job I had. I, I kind of surpassed the first year as your contract as, a, as an apprentice and then you go full-time as the employee of the business if they choose to so i went full-time and uh it was going great loving it you know trying to do my best i was running some of our social as a company i was on hootsuite if you know that tool it's, oh yeah i had the free version because i was cheap <laughs> and, uh, i was searching I think it was something like hashtag smm which is social media marketing or something like that and a, a tweet from my now uh, USC uh, Jack came up and it was I don't know how it was probably pure coincidence he probably scheduled it out and just forgot it but he posted something like uh, an, an article about 
which influencers in our space reply the most. Mm. I was trying to, you know, the 17 year old in me thought, well, I just made a blog with all of you cool influencers in it and none of you actually bothered to reply to it. So thank you very much. <laughs> and then the day after I see this thing and I'm like, that's very, very useful. How did he present that to me just when I needed to see it? I wasn't even trying to find it. I just did. Yeah. So I, I started to talk to him and he, uh, his big thing at that point was social selling and uh, almost the wow factor of, I just found this thing at the exact second that I, <laughs> needed to hear it and it's sort of says something that even now i remember that tweet i i just kind of got to know jack and what he was about and, and tried to sponge as much of the stuff he put out as i could and that really led to a couple of years of, sort of being buddies you know tweet here and there he's he's from arizona i'm like seven hours time difference away so i can't say we ever got on the phone for an hour or two we just spoke as much as was was good and uh and i end up being uh, part of the team that he was working on, the creation agency team, uh, he was build, building out a, you could say social SDR team, and, and this was client facing, so it wasn't as our brand, well, you probably haven't seen too much about it. But uh, it was basically a job of setting appointments for a client, basically using social only. So no phone, nothing else. I had only basically LinkedIn and Twitter to my weaponry. Mm. And uh, that was great fun for about nine months the program was task for i joined like one and a half weeks in <laughs> let's go let's see how this thing goes and uh, that was really good fun when that thing ended i was i was sad because it was you know you work out the cadences you work out the messaging you've got to hit your number every week but you also got to hit next week's number and if you got a week off next week doesn't matter you still got to hit next week mm-hmm. it was that kind of God, this thing never ends, but also uh, I don't really want it to end. It was good fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I love that. And, you know, I think, again, your kind of natural approach of, hey, like this this piece of content came up, kind of caught me at the right moment. Let me find out who the heck this person is that did this and had this magical moment. And then you know, not to immediately kind of say, Hey, like, let me come work for you or let me do what you do. It's like, you just kind of built a relationship over time. Um, you know, I think out of anybody that I've connected with on LinkedIn, you know, you're probably one of the best at doing that. Right. I mean, we've known each other for what, like four years now. I think I remember, I remember speaking to you for the first time when I was at EvalueServe in like 2016. Right. And we've just kind of, you know, every now and then reaching out, checking in, saying, Hey, you know, to kind of build those relationships, which I think, you know, I was speaking with somebody yesterday in SDR who was looking for a new role. Right. And obviously in the middle of a job search, you're trying to find something immediately, right? You need a job, you need to get in, but you know, the folks who, I mean, obviously, when you're in a situation like that, you've got to do what you've got to do. But to me, it's so much better to start building relationships like that when you don't desperately need a new role and you're not actively looking and you just kind of make these connections with people that are doing what you things that you like. And to your point, you're a sponge and you're just consuming their content and you're reaching out to them and learning from them over time. And then you have a really 
really good idea of what it's going to be like to work for that person and with that person, because it's not a series of three interviews and then you start and you find out, you know, everybody was lying in the interview. Everybody's, you know, all of those things that sometimes come out when you uh, kind of go through that normal cycle of being hired. Um, when you were kind of building that relationship, I mean, I think a lot of people would be hesitant to even reach out and try and connect directly with somebody like that. What, what, what was your mindset there? What, like what brought you to that point? Cause I think a lot of people could benefit from doing more of that. It was more unconscious really than a, a purposeful effort to um, befriend or to yeah. get into this account or whatever the hell it was. Uh, he was working at Acton Software, which was a marketing automation company. And uh, by luck would have it, we were starting to use their tool, but albeit he wasn't the rep that we had spoken to. So um, when I said, oh, hey, you work for Acton, we actually use that. And he's like, oh, damn, like, who's your rep? Tell me who's the person that sold you and like, how's it going? That kind of stuff. It was super unthought out. It was just, I saw that told in a little backdrop of that I was trying to uh, work out that kind of side of it mm -hmm. uh, relate, related to the content that he posted out that I first found. And I, it was, I guess it was quite a funny uh, thing to him to, to think, well, that's just really lucky how I put out this thing and <laughs> forgot about it. And then you saw it at the right point, but yeah, you know, yeah, in a way that's what his, that's what his job was to do is to put out some stuff and let people see it. And if it resonates, then he did his job good. Yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. It was just no. highly, highly natural and just, you know, the way that I think you and I connected, it was, it may have been after one of us did a podcast with Morgan, I think. Yes. If I'm right. And, yep. and it was just at the end, whether it was I was on it or you were, it was, we just said, hi, you know, that was a good episode. <laughs> let's chat. And okay, that's let's it. chat. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Th there was it. nothing else to it. It was no, uh, you know, hey, I, I love your business let's see if we can explore <laughs> synergy and shit like that it was God. just i had to throw synergy in sorry yeah yeah with john's post oh man yeah look um you know i think there's a lot to be said for uh that approach right i think uh you obviously take that approach of like you know the old kind of adage of having a rolodex of people yeah. you know that you just kind of know and you're just kind of meeting and and there's no plan you know they're not a prospect they're not in your pipeline you're not strategically trying to get an in you don't have really any sort of idea about what you think this relationship could be or might evolve into it's just in the moment hey this guy's hey we use your software or hey cool episode i thought that you, you, know, you said some cool things right um what's interesting and and <laughs> you know it's funny um this is a timely episode because, you know, we just put out the first promo for the webinar with me and John and Daryl that you helped set up. And I had a few people reach out to me say like, how did you get this set up? Like, how did, how did this happen? And well, the real answer is like, we just kind of met cause we mutually respected each other. We've stayed in touch over the years and you know, by way of doing what Jack did, right? You kind of continue to do your thing and have things out there floating around. I continue to do my thing and have things floating around. And then eventually it just makes sense. Like, Oh, 
all right, well, maybe we could start collaborating on some things. So it's that kind of organic, natural way that things happen where when somebody says, how did, you know, what's my path to this? You know, how do I get there? A lot of the times there is no point A to point B. It's, you know, point A and then cruising over to point B to hang out for, you know, I mean, it's just completely nonlinear. Um, and so I love that you, you know, kind of recognize that. And, and now, you know, when it happens, what's interesting is when it happens and you end up working for somebody like Jack, after you've built this relationship, you, you kind of have a light bulb of like, Hmm, okay, well, this is a good way to kind of operate. I'm going to continue to kind of do this and connect with people and, and, and have that Rolodex. So, um, I think so many people now <laughs> to your point will, you know, see you connect with you and immediately have some sort of strategic plan for where they're going to take you. Right. Where I'm, I, you know, I want to, uh, send a uh, personalized invite and I want to follow up two days later and discover synergies or, um, the other thing that I think I'm seeing a lot of now, and maybe you can speak to this given your expertise. I'm seeing, you know, I've had a lot of people hit me up recently and just say, Hey, like, let's just talk. Like we're just new connections. Let's just have a chat. And it's like, mm, nah, you know I mean? About what? Right. Like that's, it, it throws me off because it's like, well, like, <laughs> Uh, I struggle to eat lunch some days, right? Um, uh, my, and I would imagine that most other people um, are super busy, right? So it, it's, it's kind of like um, with you and I, I was like, no, I mean, if there's a reason for us to talk and something for us to talk about, we can talk about it. But, you know, that kind of false like, hey, uh, let's just be friends and get to know each other. Um, doesn't always work right off the bat either, right? It's, 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 it's got to be genuine. And, you know, one of the things that I think people struggle with with social selling, and I know I've struggled with it, is, is just that, you know, operating in a genuine way. You, there's this dichotomy that, that happens when you're, so, when, when you're, you know, selling on social where in pretty much every other channel, we've gotten to a point where it's, you know, metrics, hit a number, connect with this many people, send this many emails, do this many calls. And, you know, in, in those channels that works, right? Like you can kind of operate in that way. And, and I definitely argue on the phone, velocity is definitely something that, that needs to be there in order to be successful. But on social, you can't do that. Like I've, <laughs> I've built social media cadences where I'm like, touch one and touch two and touch four. And it just doesn't work. I mean, maybe you get lucky, right? Maybe you get somebody who, who isn't jaded or you hit somebody just at the absolute perfect time. But for the most part, you're probably putting people off, right? So from your experience, whether that's, you know, doing the job, doing the actual job of kind of being an SDR, setting appointments with only social, and then obviously kind of being on the other side of it, seeing a lot of what happens in the social selling arena, you know, what are some ways that people can think about social selling that will help them, you know, just be a little bit more genuine, I guess. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, there was a point a couple of years back, which is when I had that uh, appointment setting gig and you could 
I don't like to say get away with it at that point because it sounds like you're doing something that you should be, but I get it. People are, people are wiser to that approach at the moment. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of the tools now that people uh, are aware of and they can spot a mark. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, it's, it's kind of a bragging contest now to say, Oh, I get five of these things a day and I get 10, <laughs> I get 25. It, yeah. It's everyone gets it. So it's, it is what it is, but they, uh, that approach is, difficult to achieve with now and really what what you will do is you just blow the hell out of your linkedin if you start Mm. doing it too hard you're gonna end up with a bunch of people who you never connected with them what's the point of the having them because you're only allowed thirty thousand people on your linkedin so like why why bomb it up with all that kind of stuff yeah now um it used to be blog writing then it was interview people now really it's sort of a hybrid is, is how I see it. I, I don't like to say social selling, but the whole being out there, people knowing your face, people know your podcast, people know what you do. People know that you talk about being in the front lines or in the trenches. However you say it, it's kind of the same thing. Yep. You know, you, you've obviously got some written content too. You've got some uh, videos, all that kind of stuff is cool. Now, if you were to start or kind of like the version 3.0 is, or at least in my opinion, is is to be out on different people's stuff, but not just as go on every sales podcast that you could do. So, for example, as as you as James Barden, it would be let's go on a webinar here on there, and let's do a different podcast here or there. Let's get um, I don't know, organize three people to do a collaborative blog that turns into a big download or something. You, mm-hmm. you can sort of rely on your marketing peers if you will and yeah. if anybody says to you no i don't want you to do that then there's probably something weird going on behind the scenes that you should investigate <laughs> for that <laughs> yeah straight <laughs> yeah. you know if if you were a sales rep on one of my teams that i work with them you know there's no doubt that you're going out recording an interview once a week something like that uh i'm transcribing it i've already helped you plan the talking points and the questions so that eventually we can transcribe it it becomes a ebook or something like that that mm. we can market and the leads trickle into you in some way and then there's a guest appearance on someone's webinar with a talking point that you're comfortable with and can add a lot to because that 40 minutes 60 minutes on that webinar is however many leads you generate you know doing the maths from here down to there yeah. is how many appointments you get from that that might yeah. well be more than what you generate just doing your thing who knows yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing where it's, yep, start a medium.com blog. Cool. Lots of people do written content though. It's kind of a, there is no shortage of it at all. So what do you do instead? Do you do videos? Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of the same thing. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do video now. So, so where do you find a happy medium? It's, it's have those strategic partnerships where you can do some collabs and really, you know, extend upon each other's audiences by being with other people. At least yeah. that's why I think. No, I mean, dude, that's, that is fantastic advice. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking about, you know, if anybody's trying to figure out a way to start this thing, uh, that's just such fantastic advice. And really, uh, what it means is you've got to put in some sweat equity first, right? You've got to just put in some time and just being, being visible on a platform and being a part of the community and contributing, um, with your thoughts and, 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 uh, really showing off your knowledge, what you're passionate about, all of those things. And then 
almost with with uh, almost in a mindset of like I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to do it and I'm not going to have a call to action at the end of it. I'm not going to have some sort of ask, right? It's just going to be me showing up every day and, and being a part of those conversations around the water cooler, however you want to put it. And then at that point, you start making those relationships, meeting those people, putting yourself in positions to do different types of content. And then that's when it drives what could be considered as social selling now where, you know, you've got people who are coming to you, you're on, uh, you're kind of uh, on your turf, right? You're not coming to them and interrupting them and saying, Hey, I've got this thing. It's more of, Hey, this is what I'm about. This is how I can help. I've been around long enough and shown my face enough places that I'm credible and people are going to start, you know, even if they don't reach out to you, the act of you reaching out to them is much different, right? Oh, I've seen this guy's face before. I see, I've seen this girl on a webinar last week and she had some really good thoughts. She's reaching out to me now and I'm much more inclined to have a conversation with this person, right? It's, it's, it's that slow burn of just the whole process that, that really seems to, to um, be the best formula, right? There is no shortcut. There is no, you know, 30 day social selling master course where you'll all of a sudden be booking tons of meetings. No, I mean, it's a process. It's a commitment. It's, it's a mindset. It's all of those things, um, which I think is lost on salespeople, you know, I mean, because they, and it's not, and it's not even their fault, right? They get into a role and the leadership says like social selling is a thing. Let's build outreach cadences, and then, they, and then they think that's what it's doing, right? When in reality, um, you know, I've talked to not just sales reps, reps of all kinds and people of, in all roles that have started to build a personal brand and create content. And a lot of the times they're met with, uh, you know, hey, don't do that, right? Hey, watch out. You know, we don't want you doing all that stuff. And it's so counterproductive. So I love that you brought that up, man, um, because I think it's just <laughs> such a valuable like, hey, just take a moment, step back, and stop trying to rush into it, right? And, and, and take some time to really build this thing up. Um, as we come to the end of the time here, Ali, uh, I feel like I just kind of asked you this, but if you had one actionable tip to give folks who are listening, uh, what would it be? Uh, can I make it two quick ones? You can uh, make it two, you can make it four, whatevs. I know that have asked me that question. You don't have to be in a website FIQ section, but <laughs> if you've done something like the seven uh, new openings to a cold call that I tried this week and I review the effectiveness of each within that blog, at least at that point, you at the sales developers might be able to send that to a prospect who's asked you about it. Yeah. Or that, you know, if they've gone dark, you might say, hey, I just wrote this. Maybe your team could try it or like, tell me if you think one of them is really good or stupid. Yeah. You know, I always try and think of what's an ulterior use for this kind of thing as well as just we'll get some website views. Yeah, I love it because then it makes it, it puts a purpose behind it, right? If you, if you take that first piece of advice and kind of back yourself into a corner, put yourself up against a wall to make yourself start doing it, once you start, the second part is, okay, how are, how are we using this to our advantage? And, and, I'll tell you what, I've done zero of that, right? And, and, and um, you saying that, it's like, man, 
there's a lot that I've done that would be relevant to people and um, using the content. Cause yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people get over that hurdle. I created it. I did it. I finally recorded my first podcast, right. And, or wrote that blog article and ah, right. I'm just going to kind of chill out now. You know, I, I did it. It's going to get distributed through whatever website and I'll share it on LinkedIn a couple of times maybe. And, you know, I can feel pretty good about what I'm doing, but the real kind of turning point is when you start thinking, okay, the journey isn't over, right? How do I pick this apart? How do I use it? I love that, man. Um, and as well, just very quickly, the other side of it is when people stop doing it, it's because they question, is this worth it? Is the time versus the effort producing something for me? If you're using it in some level of outreach in any way, that's, automatically justified vindication yeah yeah no I, I i absolutely love that because it ties it to something that that you can kind of say okay well when i don't feel like doing this or i haven't gotten a lot of love on my last post i know that even if i get zero likes on linkedin i'm going to take this bit and go send it to four of these prospects that went dark on me or something like that yeah i mean it's immediately actionable i love that man um so got to ask you the last question that i ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast Ali, what is your favorite place to eat lunch? At the risk of alienating anybody in North America who doesn't know the wonders of a place called Nando's in Europe. No. Got to do it. I'm serious. It's like, uh, it's, they say it's Portuguese chicken, but it's spicy chicken. Uh, you cannot go wrong. I can't say that I've been there for lunch too recently, but get yourself over to London, my friend. We'll, we'll have a Nando's and a beer. Yeah, well, it sounds like I need to make a trip asap because i just googled it and it looks amazing um yeah i'm getting hungry already just thinking so, yeah i'm you know. sorry man yeah this is uh what tends to happen here on the lunch break podcast ali thank you so much for dropping by man uh i i obviously selfishly enjoyed just chatting with you and hanging out with you but um anybody that listening that's listening to this that that's been trying to you know crack the code on on 2020 social selling i think we've we've set them up with a good foundation man um for people that may not already be connected with you want to keep in touch with you how can folks find you um out there on the interwebs best part is probably linkedin there's not that many people who have the same name as me so you probably <laughs> find me quite easy ollie whitfield over there and um just send me a uh an invite you don't even have to personalize it <laughs> be lazy if you want it's all good um, sometimes i forget to do it as well so <laughs> i love it man and with that i'm gonna wrap up episode 57 of the lunch break podcast speak to you guys soon